you're listening to the Business of Branding podcast. If you are a creative female entrepreneur ready to connect with more of those heck yes clients, build an irresistible brand, and allow growing your business to feel easier than ever before, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nikki Arnsman, a brand designer and strategist, a mama, and a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. On this podcast, I share all the strategies, tips, and lessons learned that have helped me build and scale an aligned business. My hope is that the content here will inspire you to go out and do the same for yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Business of Branding podcast. I'm excited to be diving into a fun topic today that we have not talked about on the podcast before, at least not in um, depth and with somebody who this is their zone of genius and wheelhouse, um, which is all things um, hiring and building your um, dream team in your online business. So today I've got Veronica Romney with me here today. She is a dream team architect helping online entrepreneurs dial in their human resources, develop phenomenal company cultures and profitable profitable bottom lines. She's a former speaker and trainer for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and a former chief of staff of the mega brand Boss Babe. Um, No stranger to the stage. She's been in the online marketing world for 13 years. She's featured in some fancy places like Forbes, HuffPost, and I'm just excited to have you here. Is it funny when someone uses your bio to introduce them? Oh, God, there's nothing worse. There's nothing. I mean, it's nice to have somebody else say it so you don't have to say, like, introduce yourself. Like, no, I don't want to, you know, because, like, honestly, like, I don't really care about the list of, like, accomplishments or accolades. What I really enjoy talking about is people's skills and, like, natural God-given abilities and, to your point, zone of geniuses. Like, that matters more than what you put in a bullet on a resume, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. Good to know. (laughs) Um, So why don't you, you know, I'm just getting to know you as well. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background story and kind of what, what brought you to getting into the online world? Yeah. I mean, so I have this theory that entrepreneurs birth other entrepreneurs. Like it's just part of our DNA. And so my parents are Cuban immigrants who came to this country and started a business and had a business for like 30 plus year uh, years. And I'm the oldest. So like, I just knew that at one point I'm like, there's no, no matter what <laughs> entrepreneurship is like the calling of the wild for me. Um, but it, I'm sure like your listeners, it's been a journey. Like I, I feel like I'm like Lady Gaga or like Madonna. Like you kind of go through different evolutions of what your brand is or where you want to plant your flag. And it's really interesting because for so long, I thought my zone of genius was just marketing, like online marketing. Cause I've, I mean, to, to what you listed, like I've worked behind some very, very big brands and I've been behind some pretty epic launches, you know? And I really, really love all things branding and marketing. Like I watched the Super Bowl to watch the commercials. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So But what's interesting, what I've realized about myself, especially being an integrator to big brands and being a chief of staff is that like, yeah, I love all things marketing, but what I love more is marketing teams. Mm. And even though I love marketing, which is more like, you know, right brain, creative, the art, the fun, the finesse, the word, the messaging, the hook. Um, I actually, my brain is more operationally minded. Like I'm actually way more into the execution of getting things done. Like ideas excite me only if they can be executed, which I didn't realize that there was a nuance there. And so I've just realized that like, yeah, my zone of 
um, excellence might be marketing, but my zone of genius is actually in developing teams that can execute marketing ideas and visionaries visions. And so I've led some really incredible teams and I know how to build teams to achieve objectives where everybody has like a buddy system. Everybody feels supported. Morale is really high. We're like high-fiving. We're celebrating epic launches. Like I know how to fix the issues that like you have a great marketing team, but then you break fulfillment or your fulfillment's doing well, but your marketing's not. Like I'm, I can bridge marketing operations really, really well with teams. Yeah, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking like, where were you or the version of you like seven, eight years ago when I was like running my other business and like, there was like, I couldn't bridge the gap. Like I couldn't figure out. And so my point in saying that is like, obviously this understanding that and like being able to identify that, like that is your zone of genius Mm -hmm. feels like, um, a huge awareness to have and such a need that sometimes people don't even quite know that that's what they, they, a lot of times I think business owners, and I can just speak from experience. It's like, I know I can identify that something's not working, but I don't know what's not working. And I also, and sometimes I'm acutely aware that like, I'm not the one to fix it. And I don't quite know who is the one to fix it. Yeah. One thing I want to just ask real quick is, can you touch on the difference between zone of excellence and zone of genius? Because I feel like that's important as a business owner to know. And that's probably really important when you're hiring as well. Yeah, it's yes, there's a yeah, we can dive into that. So I think especially women, shout out to my females here. But like, I think women in particular struggle with this more than anybody, because we by the nature of who we are, are like Swiss army knives at all times. (laughs) Like, you want me to have a conference call and nurse on a call? Watch me. (laughs) So we, we can be everything we can be cooks and paramedics, teachers. And I mean, freak considering what happened last year, where our homes became everything. It's the gym, it's the cafeteria it's the schoolroom. it's everything so I think women struggle in particular to identify like how do you um how do you rank the value that you have to bring to the marketplace because that's really what it comes down to like you can be excellent at many things and you can do lots of things but should you be doing lots of things and so I struggle with that like I'm really good at you know design and copywriting and strategy and launching and but wow why do I love spreadsheets oh, like so I I struggle with that too right so for me zone of excellence is something that you're excellent probably because you've poured time into it and you have now like you know what riding a bike is or you've driven a car for 15 years and so you're really good at driving should you you be a professional driver that goes 125 miles on a track maybe not but you're really excellent at driving because you've clocked in some good time and it's just second nature and that's how marketing feels to me like I've just done it for so long that it just feels like I don't it's not hard but it doesn't mean that it's my genius my genius is like the prodigy that like gets to the piano at five years old and next thing you know they're like like playing like you know Beethoven so genius is just something that comes so easy and so effortlessly which is how I feel when it comes to like operations like I know, I think a lot of online business owners spend a lot of time developing their marketing muscle. Like they're buying all the courses, they're learning all things on social media. They're watching all the YouTube things about hashtag strategies. Like we do so much to learn marketing because marketing equals money. Mm -hmm. Like I need money to actually have a business, but then we spend no time in developing our leadership skills 
or team building know-how or like how, like what, what do I use a project management system? What does that mean? And like, how should I organize my folders? Like, and what I've realized about myself is that I just do those things on my own. No one's ever taught me to like, I, one of my former clients um, said that I was a goodwill hunting of organizations. <laughs> I'm like, that's cute. Like, and I, I, but have I, have I poured as many hours into my team building abilities as I have my marketing? No. And yet I feel like it's the strongest thing that I possess and the greatest value that I can contribute to the marketplace. Yeah. That's the difference between genius and excellence. I love that so much. It reminds me of, um, so, so many times. And so I'm similar to you. And I think a lot of my listeners as well are like, what has sort of been dubbed the like multi-passionate, yeah. actually like, it's kind of like not multi-passionate. It's just that you have zone of excellence and then you have opinions. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like for me, like I know I'm, I've, I've been like deconstructing clothes and like reorganizing my room and like shifting the energy and like making things like quote unquote feel a certain mm-hmm. way since as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And over, you know, the course of my like 33 years of life, I have then found myself into the world of digital art and graphic design. And like, that's what my degree is in. And I'm a phenomenal designer and it came super natural to me. And, um, um, but I, and I know how to do like a million things online. I mean, I, I talk about this sometimes I can remember like creating these little like virtual dolls with my mm-hmm. friends on like, and building these, like MySpace pro like, you know, like, <laughs> back to, like MySpace profiles, like making them look a certain way and like feel a certain way. And I, so as I've transitioned into then my like this, this world. And I've had various businesses throughout the years, but um, now being in like back into the brand building space, similar to you, it's like, I have found myself many times feeling like, well, I can just do it because I know how to do it. Right. So I'm, and someone along the way had said to me, like, just because you know how to do it doesn't mean you have to sell it. And that for me has been like a reoccurring thing because I'll see a problem or a gap in the industry and I'll be listening to my audience and I'm like, oh, well, we can just like create that and it'll like fix it. And then I'm like, is that really what's like fueling me- my soul though of like what I'm really good at and passionate about doing, um, which I just think is so interesting to kind of like look at that against like what are my zone of excellence excellences <laughs> and like what what is the thing that I'm is almost like my god-given gift absolutely and it lights you up and you're not tired of it so that's so that's the other thing too uh, if you read the book um what the big beep um mm-hmm. it's a really great book and one of the things that he talks about is like you are time and when you're in your zone of genius like time flies and you're like how did five hours go by because you're like you're so in the zone versus like I'm so excellent at marketing but like I definitely felt that was like a five-hour activity (laughs) so I have an interesting thing to talk about in relation to this is like I with design and this has to do with hiring and shifting your own role within your business over time. Cause obviously when we start an online business, we typically don't have excess funds to be like, okay, I'm going to hire an entire C-suite 
level staff here to support me. Right. So when we get started in our business, we're sort of doing like all of the things. So I look at my position and I came into this like online world. Um, my previous business, by the way, I had a clothing line, a women's activewear line for like about six years, sold it, got back into this online digital space. And so I, came back into this designing, you know, designing brand identities, like the full comprehensive, blah, 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 um, web design, all of it. And I have this thing that you're talking about where, and I always have in graphic work where I can be up till five in the morning. Yep. And I'm like, wow, it's five in the morning. And I'm like, I'm so jazzed. I'm like, I whatever I just did for the last, like, however many hours, granted a lot of that feeling took place pre- being a mom, but like, <laughs> I know that feeling like I could turn it on like switch, yeah. but as my business has grown and my income has expanded and I've just grown as an entrepreneur, I find myself like, I want to be out of that part of the work. Like I want to be out of like the designing, but mm -hmm. I still want to be like fully in the creative process and mm -hmm. like the visioning. So I'm in the stage of my business being transparent here where I'm like shifting out of being the actual physical person designing and getting into like creative direction, visionary role versus the actual like busy bee worker. Yeah. And that's kind of like a really weird place to be in, in your business. Cause you're like, wait, I, like I'm the one who has this skill. Like I'm the one who needs to be sitting here doing, building the funnel. Like I need to be designing the sales page myself. Yeah. Yeah. It is really hard. It's, um, it's, so there's a couple of things I, I could share because you are, what you're going through is uber, uber, uber common because most people start a business out of a zone of genius or out of a zone of excellence. Like they're doing it because they're good at something. And somebody's like, oh my gosh, like, can you do this for me? And then boof, like a business is born. <laughs> right? Can you do this for me? I saw you do it for you. Um, so how do you, how do you let go of that, that role of like being the fulfillment of the genius, but still be the owner of the genius. And that's like the really challenging part. How do you tiptoe or how do you like walk on that line? Um, there's a really cool story in a book called uh, clockwork where he shares, um, the same author that did profit first, where he shares that there was a really famous like artist back in the day that would do all these like really fancy paintings of like, you know, Bridgerton, like they're just standing there for like five hours and getting painted. And this artist was able to crank out like a hundred pieces of art in a year when his, like the, his competitors, his other competing artists could do like 15 projects in a year because they're so time consuming as you can imagine. Right. So the difference between the normal artists that did 15 projects and like this Uber artist that did a hundred was because he basically delegated 99% of the painting to his apprentices. The only thing that he kept was the face. So he would draw the face of the portraits because that's what he was the best at was capturing like the expression and the details of, of, you know, his clients. And then the rest he would give to his apprentice. So they would paint the hair and the dress and the scenery because that took the bulk of the time. So like, if anybody who's listening feels like, well, no, I'm the creative, like this is my special gift. Nobody can like be the creative or nobody can do what I can do. It's like, actually, I'm going to challenge you to like, think about that in a different way. Like, yes, you're phenomenal at what you do, but even for you, Nikki, of all the designing, like 
deconstruct that more like paint by numbers, which of the numbers are as your actual, like, you know, the best, best, best thing you can do. I was just talking to a writer yesterday. She's a phenomenal writer, but do you know what she's the best at is the headlines. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. I, was, I was telling her, I'm like, Ash, you are so good at headlines. Like it's, I will never do another headline without you because as we know in the funnel world, one good headline makes the funnel sometimes outside of everything else that she could possibly write. She's really good at hooks. She's really good at headlines. And like, you just need to like sell this very specific thing. And then you can have writers underneath you that do the rest of the sales page. Like I never thought of it that way. So, so I just challenge you to like get hyper focus and microscopic on like your zone of genius. And if it's a creative outlet, like which pieces should you keep? And in your case, potentially you could actually relinquish all of the designing to someone else, but you're like, but I still want to exercise this. So where do I exercise it? Do I express my gifts through client fulfillment or can I express my gifts in like more of a product research and development role where you're researching and you're developing new things on behalf of the business as opposed to the individual client? Yeah. That's where I see a lot. Like I think about Steve Jobs who got like kicked out of Apple and then he went to Pixar and he was in a completely creative role again and like almost like resuscitated him as a human because it was back to his genius, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that putting you back in like a product research and development where you're just thinking and ideating and vision casting and like where the business can go with some new ideas and new products is an exercise of your genius, even though you're not fulfilling anymore. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, I think that's so helpful. So I want to rewind like just a little bit to, um, you, how did you end up like into this space now? Like where, what were you actually doing before? And I know that you have been a trainer and a speaker with Tony Robbins. And we talked about this when I introduced you, like worked at uh, boss babe, like how did you end up then into the position that you're in now? Um, and what does your work look like right now? Yeah. So today, right. As a dream team architect, I basically work with people more from like a consulting standpoint. So I'm coming in. So I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a rock star doer. I'm, I'm not even really like a people manager because I'm not taking, you know, I'm not, when I'm working with my clients, I'm not determining somebody's PTO here. Um, but I am a really high strategic thinker and I'm a pretty decent task delegator. So like I can ideate with the best of them because I'm also partial, like right visionary of my own. So I can sit with you, Nikki, and we can talk about what the goals are for the quarter. And I can identify the gaps, both in your systems and your team. And then I can give you like a detailed play-by-play of what needs to happen for you to grow to your business to the next level and actually market launch anything that you want to do, right? So I'm really in a consulting capacity and helping you like team develop, you know, and all that stuff, even though I'm not managing them. So like people work with me in a day, you know, they'll work with me for an entire quarter. They'll work with me for a day. They'll work with me for an hour, but really my work is, is to help you scale, either you're scaling your offers, scaling your people or scaling your net profitability. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, and so what does your team look like today? My team. So it's funny. Cause you know, we talked about this early on. Like I, I'm also a believer of my own probably good idea, right? Like to do what I say. So I'm very, very, very hesitant to push W2 employees, um, early on in a business growth. Right. So like, I think it's, uber important that you pay yourself (laughs) for 
first. <laughs> and I know that seems crazy, but a lot of business owners will not pay themselves. And they're like, oh, well, I'm going to invest in my team early on and surround myself with a whole bunch of people because then I can pay myself more when I can start cashing out. And that actually never ends up happening because you blow your books. So like I pay for myself and I advise all my clients, if you're listening and you have six figures or less, or even mid six figures, like 500,000 or less, like make sure you're paying yourself first and you can get pretty freaking far in the online industry by just surrounding yourself with some killer contractors. Um, and we could talk about who I would recommend to hire first, but I wouldn't be having any W2 employees besides yourself for a very, very, very long time, like very long time. And that goes for me too. So at this moment, even my own team is just a whole bunch of like specialists. Like I don't need a generalist. I don't even need somebody to hold all the specialists. I, cause I can do that really effectively. I have a whole bunch of specialists that do a phenomenal work underneath me. So I don't have to be designing and I don't have to be doing my own tech and I don't have to be doing all of those things. I love this. So but much. for your listeners too, like maybe you've heard the advice, like, oh, your first hired should be a VA or your first person that you bring on should be an a, assistant. And usually it's a marketing oriented assistant. It's somebody on the social side or the marketing side. I'm going to be a little controversial and say, no, I don't recommend that for people who are beneath six figures. I think you distancing yourself from marketing validation and sales repetition is actually a really bad idea. You don't know what's connecting if you're not close to the audience. Like speaker, what they train you on stage is like, don't focus the camera on you on stage and how awesome you look or how awesome you don't look. I don't know. Like that's like your ego that needs to look at yourself on stage. They train you as a really proficient speaker to train the camera on the audience to watch their reaction to whatever it is that you're saying or doing on the stage. So if I say something on stage, like all of you are ambitiously frustrated, equal parts ambition, but equal parts frustrated at all times. And the whole room starts leaning in or nodding their head. Okay. I've nailed messaging right there. That stays in my keynote, no matter what. It's the same idea. Like when you're first getting started, you want to get uber close to the audience, to the customer, to the prospect, to the follower. And try out a whole bunch of marketing message. As soon as you give that to a social media person or an assistant of some kind, like you lose that, right? You lose that early feedback. I like to tell business owners to hire a tech assistant first. Like I like you to stack people behind the curtain before you start adding people to the front of the curtain activity. Cause marketing and sales is front of curtain activity. I rather see you stack people behind the curtain that nobody would ever see. And that long-term you would never be doing anyways. So instead of you spending hours to figure out how your MailChimp should talk to your Kajabi that should talk to your QuickBooks or, I mean, you know what I mean? Like all of that yeah. software, that virtual office stuff, it's so necessary. It's never worth your time. <laughs> Give that to somebody else. Yeah. And like, I can say that was not my first hire, yeah. but I do have that person yeah. on my team. And, um, it's easily like the most <laughs> time saving, yeah. if anything, like the number one time saving, like person that I have is her, like a 15 minute talk an email to her. I need this to do this, this to do this. I've created this new offer, blah, blah, blah. And it's like all of a sudden everything. Yep functions. Yep. I couldn't and agree. It's, yeah. And it's so important too, as you get deeper into your on virtual office, you called it like mm -hmm. into all the different softwares yeah. um, and the way that things need to speak, especially once you get into like digital product creation oh, and yeah. 
like funnel creation and stuff like that. There are so many moving parts. And I don't care what anyone says. There is no one size fits all platform that you are only using one thing. Like you're always using multiple products at a time um, or softwares at a time. And so, yeah, tech, that's great advice. Honestly, you saying this, it's like, it wouldn't even register to me to give that advice. Mm. But you saying it now, I'm like, oh yeah, like that was totally, that's totally like such a valued person on my team. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll never do it long-term. I find most visionaries always have a hand in marketing because it's, especially if it's a personality driven business, it's like literally your face. Mm -hmm. Like you're always going to be involved in content distribution or marketing. Like you're always going to be recording a part. Like right now you're still in marketing because you're doing content. We're recording a podcast right now. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like, I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't be running to like delegate out marketing efforts when I'm just getting started because long-term you're always going to have some role in marketing but it's behind the curtain activity that you can get rid of like very, very quickly that will save you an insane amount of time for very affordable rates. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what is your process for hiring and building an awesome team? What does that look like? Cause uh, can I tell you what my process has been up until yeah, sure. that first, you can laugh at me and then, <laughs> which maybe it's not a horrible process, but my process for hiring, because P.S. I have zero corporate experience. Um, I've always kind of been, whether I was working for a small company in the design and marketing department or running my own. So I am full creative. Like that is my role in life. And so um, I have had no thought process other than my own of like, here's the proper way to go about hiring a team, right? So my process has always been when something annoys me, I write it down on a note on my phone, literally. When something annoys me, I write it down. When I'm doing something I don't want to do, I write it down. And then I take everything and I turn it and I say, okay, I need someone to do this. Mm -hmm. And what I want to share is that what I'm running into now as I'm scaling and my business is, you know, doing multiple six figures, et cetera, is, um, I've got like one person who's doing like all of those annoying things. And she's now getting like, this is like a lot, you know? And so, and I also am realizing like, she's really good at these things. Yep. So how can I find, right? So I'm curious of like what your process looks like hiring um, and any go as deep <laughs> and wide as you'd like to yeah. about Well, that. I'm not going to laugh at you because what you're doing and being uber self-aware of your activity is actually like, I'm going to applaud you because I think a lot of people just do things and they're not, it's like a food journal, right? Like, you know, I don't know why I'm not losing weight or I don't know what's the problem. And then, you know, the, the dietitian or whatever is like, well, record what you're eating. I'm like, oh, the five Reese's that probably wasn't, you know, like sometimes you're just not even self-aware. And so the fact that you stop yourself, actually document the thing that's bothering you kudos to you. Cause that's actually where a lot of people should start is like what I call a shed list. <laughs> so like write a list of everything that you do and let's shed it. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to molt like a bird. We're going to get release, release things that you shouldn't like a visionary should never be managing their own launch. For example, like you should never be Adele and the band director at the same time. That's a really bad idea. Like you just need to be on the stage, singing and exercising all of your gifts and not having to worry that half the team wants to quit or that the text like not working or an email went out with the wrong language. Like none of that. 
just go and sell the thing, right? Go and just be you and be the face. So like, there's definitely things that I have very strong opinions that my visionaries, my owners should never be doing at any size of organization that you are. I don't care how big or small that you are, but let's talk about like my criteria for hiring. So, um, there are different kinds of people to hire and it depends because even like we talked about, even though you're a Swiss army knife or your VA or your OBM or your DOL, like these are really, there's a lot of certifications out there that make you like triple threats that you can do a lot of stuff. Does that mean that you should do a lot of stuff? I have very strong opinions that we should avoid Frankenstein roles at all times. Like, and what I say by a Frankenstein role is like this employee is half platypus, half zebra, a quarter giraffe, and like a little bit of like, I don't know, an otter. Like they're doing little things all over the business. And after a while of staying in that kind of capacity, you start to feel like I'm getting a C minus in all of those things, because I can't devote all of my attention to just being a great freaking zebra. So I see that a lot. And I actually see that at all sizes. Like I remember working, I got behind a, like a $5 million plus brand. And I was like, what the, <laughs> there's Frankenstein rolls everywhere. I'm like, no, 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 no. So yes, like you can, at, when you're first getting started having, you know, rock star doers that can do lots of things, fantastic idea. As you scale though, Nikki, you're going to want to be more strategic to have okay, I'm hiring a strategic thinker. I'm hiring a people manager. I'm hiring a task delegator. I'm hiring a doer, or I'm hiring a communicator. Like there are different types of employees that would do better to work in their zone of genius and the greatest function they can bring to the business. Um, so like when, let's say you and I were working together, I would basically, we'd do an audit. We'd what is it that you're doing and who needs to compliment you? Because maybe you're a phenomenal strategic thinker and you just need a really good task delegator at this stage of your business growth. Maybe you're the thinker and you just need lots of doers. Like we would figure that out, but let's go back to the hiring process. Okay. So let, let's say we identify the person we're supposed to hire, depending on what size of business you are. Then it goes to, okay, hiring time, which, you know, <laughs> So Veronica's getting really excited. Here. Yeah. Sorry. So my hands are flying. <laughs> the Cuban hands are flying. Um, so I'll tell you what though, like I've, I have some pretty dialed in hiring processes and hiring, like, you know, phases and steps, but it's still like 50, 50, like, it's a really interesting thing. You can kiss a lot of frogs and a lot of like, you know, frogs look good on paper and then you get into it and you're like, Oh no, you're bad kisser crap you know you never would have thought the hot, hottest guy on the basketball team is a crappy kisser you know so let's just be fair that hiring is hard it is hard finding people to like that you just click with outside of their talent like skill like be kind to yourself that if you've had some bad hires it's not 100% your fault but i'm going to teach you the three things that i would always be looking for that if they leave you because of these three things it is your fault cuz i'm telling you now to watch out for it how about that Right. So the three things that I look for when evaluating a candidate or when I'm having like performance evaluations or annual renews, you know, reviews with employees is three things. The first thing is what they do. Does this person enjoy the actual output of what they're doing? Do they enjoy writing? Do they enjoy tech? Do they enjoy talking to customers? Do they enjoy delegating and being an Asana wizard? Like, 
either you enjoy what you do, or you will not be able to hold that for much longer. So like, if you have somebody right now, who's doing a lot of stuff, I can guarantee that she likes some of it and not all of it. And so the natural person in all of us are, they're going to spend more time on things that we like to do. And they're going to start procrastinating and self-sabotaging on the things that they don't want to do. So like, even though I might have somebody come and like, I could be your EA. I'm like, do you enjoy EA work? Do you enjoy, like, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. So I try to figure out and asking a lot of questions questions, engaging the passion behind what they do and what they're making with their hands. Cause there's a sense of pride. The second thing is who they work with. And for, we are social freaking creatures, right? Mm-hmm. So either I love my manager or I don't either. I love my coworkers or I don't, I can tell you right now, I have left many, many, many good jobs because I could not get along with the manager and I had no respect for the person. So like people matter. So like being honest with yourself, like what kind of leader am I or what kind of team is this person coming into and how would they like complement the team and how would they fit in like that kind of an environment? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the third category is always like, how much am I getting compensated? Because I might love what I do and I might love my boss, but if somebody comes around and gives me $10,000 more, I'm out because I need to provide for myself and my family. So like at, at all times, whether I'm hiring somebody from the very beginning, or I'm evaluating them six months into their employment or two years into their employment, I'm always looking at those three things. And if any one of those are in yellow or red and not green, they're a flight risk or they should not be hired. If you no longer enjoy what you do, like I was an email marketing manager at ancestry.com for like two and a half years. If I had to send one more email again, I might've screamed. Like I didn't enjoy what I did anymore. I loved who I worked for. I was really even happy with my pay for being right out of college. I just couldn't send one more freaking email, right? So like, do you enjoy what you do? Do you enjoy who you work with? And are you happy with your compensation? Because at any point, those three things are out of alignment and you're, you, have a, you have a flight risk or somebody who will not stay with you long-term. Yeah, that's all so good. And it's funny because I in sharing these, like these feel like such, um, bigger things to think about that. I think when you're like solo running your business and you're all you, I think hiring comes when you start to feel burned out. Like you don't quite think about it until you're like, okay, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm doing more or I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. So like, let me hire it. A lot of hiring, I think happens reactively instead of proactively in this smaller, like solopreneur online space. Um, and these feel like big things to think about. Right. And which feels really good. And it feels important in addition to like, what are the things that I'm not enjoying and I'm not good at and this in my mind this shifts it from off of us and like how do I get all of these things off my plate into like how do I find the right person yeah but also these three pillars are what you should be evaluating yourself to because like I was on a phone call yesterday with a client who who booked an hour of power hour with me and she is I mean crispy as crispy gets like that's some burnt toast And, and if I evaluated her on the same pillars, like, do you enjoy what you do? She's like, no, I don't want to talk to my customers. Like, no, I just can't take it anymore because they're contacting her 24 seven. There's no, there's no healthy boundaries. Do you enjoy who you work with? No, I'm constantly having redo all of my contractors work. There's no QA process. Okay. Are you happy with how much you're making? No. So I'm like, so even the business owner, if I evaluated them, like she's, 
she's really flirting with the idea of just like burning it all to the ground because firing herself. He, yeah, because even in these three categories, they're not green for her too. So like you about eva- everybody evaluates themselves on these three pillars because that is where like that's the compass. Like that's like the temperature check to know if I'm hot or not hot. Yeah, this is so good. So one more thing that I kind of want to dive into um, before we wrap up a little bit is uh, you and I touched on this before we started recording around um, the roles in the online space being different than what like human beings know in terms of like corporate world or like, and I, I hate even saying corporate really what I mean is like any job that is outside of like this online service-based industry. Um, there's so many different jobs popping up and whether they're like jobs or just like made up job titles or whatever it is, I know for me, like it overwhelms me when I think about hiring. Cause like you said, and please like plug and share about what you're creating. Like I very much feel like I'm like, do I need an OBM? Do I need, you know, this (laughs) or yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, and like I said, it's like, I've got my rock star people with me right now who I love so much. I want to continue refining their positions, you know, making them, making sure that they're doing all the things they love. And, and then I look in the online space and I'm like, well, it's really just not like a CMO position, you know? Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So what I was telling Nikki before we got on was I had just finished a free download and it's called the dream team guide that basically defines all of the titles in specifically the online entrepreneur space. Like what the freak is a visionary? Like what's an integrator? What's a DOO, an OBM, a DBM, a VA, a PA, um, an EA, like, like what the freak? So, so I basically made like a cheat sheet of like definitions for all the roles so that we can at least start with that and what they're also known as, like if they're sneaky, like somebody wanted to be creative with a title, but it really means the same thing. And then I actually have a chart that's like, if this is the, the title that you're seeing, this means that they are a task delegator. This means they're a people manager. This means that they are not those things they are actually a doer. So like I deconstruct that. That's what I was talking about. So if you want to link the, it's free, it's a free guide. Um, but to, we'll to answer, we'll link it up yeah. in the show notes. So to answer your question though, like, what do I need? Right. And like, I think, so the natural progression of a company is like you, yourself and I doing all the things, then it goes to you and a whole bunch of doers around you that t- like, right. They're what I call rockstar doers, like the, the backbone of every company in America. <laughs> like They're just right. the doers of the world. Right. And then once you if you're getting to multiple six figures, okay, now either you have too many doers and they're all coming to you. So like you tried to like relinquish and save yourself time by having other people do, but they're constantly bugging you or coming back to you asking for decisions to be made. Mm-hmm. So now we need to have like a decision maker that comes in or somebody that can hold the doer. So they're not like constantly bombarding you all day and interrupting your creative flow. So like it's a natural progression as companies get bigger and bigger. The problems, like these are all good problems. If you're burnt out, if you're overwhelmed, you can look at it like it's actually an abundance issue if you want to put a positive spin on it um but the the goal is to not have you not do and not decide everything mm-hmm. and there is layers between doers and you the visionary and that's what i'm talking about that there's the people that are deciding they're delegating they're managing they're communicating so that you don't have to do those core functions between you and the doers so but like, so the OBMs and the DOs and like, so I've actually had 
lengthy conversations, or I've personally interviewed all the founders of those like very famous certification programs. Mm -hmm. And they're really like, it's really interesting if you actually go into their curriculum, how much of like, they are Swiss army knives, they have PM, they have HR experience. They're like, they're given a lot, but I also just really want to like caveat this by saying they're trained on a lot of things but they're not given 10,000 hours in every single one of those things that they're trained on. So it's not like they get 10,000 hours in project management and 10,000 hours in HR recruiting and 10,000 hours. Like they're not experts in each of those specialties. They're generalist. Okay. So if you're needing a generalist to hold a whole bunch of doers, having an OBM or a DOO or even a DBM is not a bad idea to have you like have somebody in the interim in the middle, I will tell you at seven figures or more, you're going to like outgrow your generals, which is, I guess, well, some of the things that you're sharing, like, I wonder if you're getting to that point that your current generalist is starting to feel like, Oh, is, is the needs of the business exceeding my current level of talent? Yeah. And those are harder problems because you love that person. It's no sure. It's not a, a fault of their own. It's just now the experiences, you know, that they need is higher. So I'm not anti all of those things. I just want to give the big, big warning that we have to be very careful with Frankenstein roles and having too many generalists who are not specialists because it's the specialist that will take you to seven figures and more. Mm -hmm. I love it. Amazing. This has all been so, so good. Yeah. So helpful. So do you have any like rockstar tip? That's like a last piece of advice um, for anyone who's feeling the nudge, like it might be time to hire. They're like inching toward that burnout. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I almost be like, don't do what I did. <laughs> so like when I, when I went, cause I am a corporate junkie, like I went from very, I mean, like a $2 billion evaluated company. And then I jumped into entrepreneurship and had my own marketing agency. And I went from like having an HR department, a dedicated sales team, all of these things. And so I started my business and I just gave everybody payroll. I'm like, Oh, you, you get a W2 and you get a W2. And I was like, given everybody, you know, W2s. And I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? So I don't want anybody that's listening to feel less than just because they don't have a crazy big team or it's like, no, 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 no. You take care of you and you take care of your family first and foremost, and you surround yourself with incredible talent, like that can be contracted and it works for them. And then you just give yourself grace and patience to grow with, as your revenue is permitting you to grow. I don't want anybody to feel like they have to achieve the level that is these big brands because listen to me very clearly <laughs> as someone who has worked behind very, very big names, it's a hoarder's house. Okay. So the facade might be beautiful and it might have a five car garage. But I can tell you when you get on the backside of the business, they're struggling with the same thing that you're struggling with. They don't know who to hire. They don't know how to team develop. They don't know how to be leaders because they just know how to do marketing and sales really, really, really well. Mm -hmm. So you are no different and you are not behind. So have grace and patience and love for yourself because sometimes we emulate what we don't actually know is being like, is the real deal. And I can just tell you that like, don't emulate something. Cause I can assure you there's, everybody has a mess, even if they don't show it. So good. Thank you. I feel like we could spend a whole nother episode talking about <laughs> the mess, but we'll just, we'll end it here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So much. Yeah. It's so good to have you here. Um, for everyone listening, we will link up how to connect with, um, Veronica, how to get her free download, um, and any other, 
um, of her programming that you can um, learn about. We will share all of that. She does consulting. She's got power hours, one day intensives, longer containers, um, depending on where you're at in your business. So thank you for listening and I will see you on the next episode.